Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. All right, welcome on into the Wolverine.com podcast. Clayton Safey here with Chris Ballas and Anthony Broom on a Michigan bye week. A uh, couple weeks for Michigan to prepare for Michigan State. So we'll talk a little bit of Michigan football, uh, talk about the opening line here of uh, Michigan State. Michigan opening as a 23-point favorite at home, night game, 7.30 kick, as we've kind of alluded to over the last several weeks throughout the season here. Uh, and at the Wolverine.com, uh, we can talk a little bit of basketball. We had uh, some access last week at Michigan's Team Media Day. Anthony, as well, was in Minneapolis for Big Ten Basketball Media Day. I don't know why it was in uh, Minneapolis, but that's another story. And uh, we'll uh, do some picks at the end for college football and get everybody out of here on their bye week. Drop a like on this video if you're watching on YouTube. Let's get this thing to 500. And uh, subscribe to our channel, as always, and head to thewolverine.com. $10 gets you an entire year, almost, until the next football season. So uh, go and do that. Um, 23-point favorite, as I mentioned. Michigan over Michigan State feels about right to me. Not surprising. I thought maybe it'd be a little closer to 20. Um, But your guys' reaction when you see that now here with uh, about 10 10 days until the game. I think DraftKings is usually always the first one, and they're usually, they're usually a few points off of what the other ones do, and then it adjusts from there, from what I've seen, uh, because of the first ones. So it's not exactly Ace from uh, Casino here making the picks out of the gate. And uh, But I will say this. I think that's about the right number. Uh, I was thinking about 20, 21 points, three touchdowns. In fact, I had a dream last night that I was arguing with Rico Beard about uh, what it would be. I'd say it's going to be a three-score game. a nightmare. It is a nightmare, yeah. Uh, when Rico's haunting your nightmares there. But uh, in, in, for anybody who doesn't know, Rico's on 97.1 and uh, wears his colors on his sleeve and everywhere else. So um, wears Tom Izzo underoos to bed, I believe. So, And he's a good guy. But I will say this, um, I think that's about right. I think this is a game where if you – Look at the two teams. Michigan's clearly the better team. When Michigan has a good team, uh, generally they win that game. So I think they're going to win going away. I think they've made it a point to to take this game seriously this year, more seriously than past years, and uh, are going to come out swinging. Yeah, the line feels about right. I, I saw some places speculating it could open up somewhere around 17 and a half or 18, which would probably have gone up to 20, 21, 22 anyways, if that was the line. So uh, yeah, I mean, when you look back at this series historically, I think I, I forget who the tweet was from earlier on Thursday, but when Michigan state typically when Michigan state enters this game with four losses or more, which I think has only happened eight times or so uh, they've never really given Michigan a game. Uh, it's usually either uh, Michigan blows out state or, you know, when it's kept close, usually state finds a way to get the game, but uh, I don't see that happening this year. I mean, this is a, uh, this is a Michigan state team that is, I mean, I thought they'd probably win seven games and now they're looking for maybe five somewhere. I mean, it's a real tough, real tough uh, sledding for them down the, sl- uh, the stretch here. But yeah, uh, line feels about right. Uh, matchup feels about right. I think even this week, I know it's kind of it's not exactly rest and relaxation for Michigan. Some guys are going to 
you know, take it, take it a little bit lighter, but they're still practicing this week. Players are still kind of locked in. Uh, we talked to several players earlier this week. Uh, Trevor Keegan was among them. Roman, Roman Wilson was among them saying, you know, just kind of reminiscing about how, how terrible that bus ride home from East Lansing was last year. So I feel, you know, anytime you play as well as Michigan did against Penn state, then you have a buy. There's always some inherent concern that, Oh, is this going to throw them off their game or, you know, they're, they're just getting hot. Is this going to cool them down a bit? I don't really see that. I actually feel like it comes at a perfect time, especially with some of the guys that are banged up, um, you know, chance to kind of rest and come back, but yeah, 23 points, anything that's three scores or more feels right to me. Frankly, I mean, I, in taking stock of this game right now, I, I think that Michigan will probably win by more than that, but for Vegas purposes, sure. Anthony, the tweet you're referencing, I saw that earlier too from Jackie moon season, but uh, there's been, I think nine times where Michigan has entered this game, playing a Michigan state team with four or more losses. As you mentioned, Michigan has won all of them. Most of them pretty big, including in 2019, 44 to 10 at the big house, Michigan's last win in the series, and then a nine point win in 2016. So under Harbaugh, it's still been the case too. He has had his struggles with Michigan state, but there's kind of a misconception that Michigan state is upsetting great Michigan teams every year. If you look at the losses, it was 2015 state made the playoff. That was a good Michigan state team. 2017, they were both mediocre. Um, You know, Michigan state actually was better. I think they won 10 games. And then in 2020, Despite Michigan coming off that Minnesota game, uh, was that was not a good Michigan team, as we know. And then, you know, last year they were both very good. Michigan State, one of their best seasons of all time. Michigan makes the playoff. So um, that's kind of that misconception. But I agree, uh, you know, Michigan State, they come off this. They have some confidence beating Wisconsin. But I still don't think that's a great Wisconsin team. And I think that, you know, they may have fooled some people with winning their first game under Jim Leonard as an interim. But I still think they have some issues took double overtime at home as well. So, um, you know, that's kind of that. We'll we'll fully preview the game next week, but uh, it is almost officially Michigan-Michigan State game week. So uh, strap in for all of that. You don't hear as much chatter from the other side this year, but uh, we will see what happens there. Um, since it's the bye week, and Jim Harbaugh talked on his, on his radio show on Monday about how Michigan's going to kind of self-scout itself a little bit as well. Um, I wanted to do a little quick self-scout of Michigan on each side of the ball and then mention some special team stuff as well. But uh, kind of from a broader sense for this offense, um, when you guys see, you know, what it has done, how it's evolved throughout the season, what it did in the last game as well, which is obviously hugely important in the biggest game of the year. uh, Where do you feel like this offense is at? Where do you feel like it can go? That's a great question. Are they going to be able to run the ball on Michigan State like they did on Penn State? Probably not. I thought uh, if you look at Penn State's uh, defensive plan, I thought it was terrible, frankly. Uh, I think you're going to see more of, of a an Indiana-type game plan for Michigan State where, okay, you're going to have to throw to beat us, and J.J. McCarthy's going to have to be that guy. And I think we're going to need to see a little bit more with his feet. I don't think Michigan State's defense is worth a crap. I mean, we've seen that play out, but they've get, they're getting some of their players back. Xavier Henderson's back. I think mm-hmm. Slade is back. They're still not great. And, in fact, when they were healthy, they weren't playing very well at the beginning of the year. So this is a team that Michigan should be able to run on, but probably not to the extent 
that they did on Penn State. Uh, but I can see them winning that line of scrimmage. And I think these guys are going to take it personally after what happened last year when they pretty much shut down the run the same way. So, But if it does come down to J.J. McCarthy in the intermediate passing game or the long passing game, Michigan State's secondary is, what, 121st nationally, I think, in team pass efficiency defense, despite Mel Tucker having his fingers all over that and taking control of that. So the great Mel Tucker. So it's going to be um, – to me, you, you can't be stubborn in this game, right? Come out and you don't want to turn the ball over and give your opponent hope, but your little brother hope, right? Give him think, 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 think he's going to have a chance to win. But uh, you do need to come out and uh, be somewhat aggressive, I think. And I think they'll have a pretty good game plan. They've got two weeks to prepare. Yeah, for me, I mean, the next the next five games is where we see a lot of these, I'll say younger guys, but maybe just ascending guys kind of take that next step. And I think that, it starts with JJ McCarthy. I mean, Michigan has, you know, he has a lot of, he's had a lot of growing to do. And I think the potential of Michigan's offense and the things that they can put on his plate are kind of dependent on how he responds to each test. And I think he's done about as good a job as you can so far. We're still seeing some of the, some of the mistakes, which again, only get ironed out when you put them on film and they become points of emphasis moving forward. Um, you know, he's had, I, I did an evaluation of his first seven games and he, and this is, you don't even need to do an evaluation. I mean, he, he has been insulated in like the best possible situation a young quarterback could be in. He's got good play callers. He's got good protection. He's got playmakers around him. Uh, and he just, you know, some of the hero ball stuff um, as that, you know, at some point they're going to need him to throw to win a game. And I, I suspect that Michigan state is going to dare him to win that game for them, uh, which I don't think that will end very well for them, but it's, his growth, like what more can this offense do really does depend on what they can put on his plate moving forward and what, what he can handle. Um, you know, he's, I, I think he's passed most of the tests again, even it's not a hot take you go in the deep balls need to be dialed in a little bit more. Um, he's about four or 5% under where Cade McNamara was at this point last season. But other than that, this offense will go wherever, you know, wherever he takes it, but also, how wherever this offensive line takes them. Uh, yeah, they're not going to run the ball for 400 yards every week. That was a historically bad defensive performance from Penn State, but just speaks to how dominant Michigan was in that game too. You're not going to have that every single week. Uh, some challenges will be tougher than others, but yeah, I mean, it's all, there's nothing that suggests that this offense can't continue to get better moving forward. I still don't think they played a full 60-minute game. Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah, I agree. It's the next step is with JJ McCarthy. Some of the intermediate stuff, some of the long passing. Um, but man, you feel good going into a bye when you saw what that offensive line did against Penn State. Really, the offensive line against Iowa. You know, some of the tougher defenses they've played. They've gotten better, even with some guys mixing in and out. Carson Barnhart now playing for Trent a. Jones, who you know could be out maybe a week or more. Uh, still, from this point, you feel really good about where you're at there. You have a Heisman contender at running back, which we all thought Blake Corum was going to have a very good season. Great, potentially. But who knew it was going to be this good? Uh, man, is he incredible to watch. You have Donovan Edwards. You have some weapons on the outside. I think the wide receiving core was a little overrated by people, including myself, coming in to the season. But, man, do you like what you know the steadiness you have there with guys like Ronnie Bell. So I think that next step would be hitting on some of those bigger plays in the past game. Uh, and I think they can do that. I think, you know, JJ, you know, has that in him. I mean, I think that's kind of something that we have really been waiting for over the last couple of years, and we just haven't seen it a ton yet, but um, flipping to the defensive side of the ball and where Michigan stands through seven games and heading into the stretch run of the last five, I, I, I dug up a couple stats this week that are amazing with this pass rush and how much better it's gotten over the last few weeks. And I give a lot of credit to Jesse Minter, Mike Elston, uh, the whole coaching staff for what they've done. When you see some of these exotic looks, I mean, last week against Penn state, it was where no, no linemen were on the one side of the line. They had guys on the other side and they had Jalen Harrell way out wide. Um, and I think they got a sack on that play. You saw the play where RJ Moten blitz, like there's some exotic stuff they're doing. They're not always having to blitz anymore to get a pass rush. So, um, this defense after the Maryland game with four or less rushers was getting pressure on 21.9% of its uh, dropbacks. That, that was 111th in the country or 111th in the country. Now over the last three games, Michigan has gotten pressure with four or less on 39.8% huge spike there. Um, and you're seeing it with a lot of that exotic stuff that we talked about. So uh, that is huge. They're number one in the country in stop rate, which is uh kind of a new age stat by the athletic that measures, you know, punts, turnovers, turnovers on downs. And that's only with seven turnovers that Michigan's gotten. So that's impressive that you're forcing that many punts, uh, not even letting teams get into field goal range. So I really like where this defense is at. I feel like it's getting better by the week and could be better than last season. As Jim Harbaugh said before the year, he kind of predicted that or had a suspicion. And we're kind of seeing that at this point, again, a lot of what last year's team did was in that final regular season game. So, some of it still remains to be seen, but where do you guys see this defense and where do you think the next five games will, you know, we'll see this defense go. It's weird, right? That uh, what's the last Michigan defense that forced a ton of turnovers. And I remember I know. Asking Don Brown about that. And he said, well, you know, I said, this isn't a criticism that those were the years that he was leading the nation and pass and run defense and everything else, total defense. And I and he goes, that's something that we, we want to work on. But when guys are, you know, in man coverage all the time, you know what, it's yeah. tough because you're chasing the ball and you've got a, that's a tough task. There's no question about it. Uh, I remember talking to, to some of the Mike Zordich, some of the secondary coaches and they're saying, man, it's our, our guys out there in an Island and they've got a, they're, they're basically by themselves. So uh, to me, that's one area w- where they can improve a little bit. 
And I think Jim Harbaugh spoke to that a little bit when he said, we got to get 11 guys to the ball. You know, you, you aren't always going to see that, but five, six guys running to the ball. And, and Aiden Hutchinson always did that. And he still does that with the Lions. You always see him around the ball after the play, just in case there's a ball that leaks out or something like that, you're in position to get it. So that's maybe one area, but I love the, the trend for this offense, this defense rather. Uh, a, with the pass rush, I think you're going to see more of Iabioki. What can you say about Mike Morris, man? This guy continues to improve. And I think Derek Moore, I keep saying his name, but I think in some of these games, uh, he's kind of the freak out there that you can see really taking that next step and really coming on at the end of the year. So uh, the linebackers improved last game in watching the film. I thought they were better. Uh, there was one play, obviously, that where it got away from them on the keeper from the old guy there, Sean Clifford. And other than that, uh, the secondary has been really, really good. Jamon Green, man, uh, has been really impressive. So uh, I think they're going to get better, and I like where they are now. So I think Jim Harbaugh was right. I think this, uh, this defense has a chance to finish the year better than last year's defense. Yeah, obviously you want to see them rack up some more turnovers. I mean, with that just comes being in position. I feel like they have been in position. Uh, they've dropped a couple interceptions. Um, you know, I think the stop rate thing is probably more indicative of where they're at as a defense. They're not they're not letting teams get into even on Michigan's side of the field. I mean, they're they're you know snuffing stuff out and you know making sure that that there's not a lot of damage being racked up just in general. But I think when you look at where this team can improve defensively, the thing that I think my biggest takeaway so far is that uh, especially in that Penn State game, I think that this defense plays i won't say down to its competition i think they play up to its competition in terms of the opponent that's on you know when the pressure is a little bit higher i think those guys play better it's why in those games against indiana um you know things were probably a little bit sketchy early let's call a spade to spade that one's probably a little harder to get up for or a little a little tougher to prepare for but penn state i thought they were locked in throughout i think they proved that they can stop the run chris that's something i think uh maybe you and I, or maybe all three of us thought had as a concern early on in the year. So, um, no, I'm, I'm curious who's going to be around this time last year was when we saw DJ Turner kind of come out of nowhere. I think it was out of the bye week He starts a game against Northwestern. And then, you know, he's a guy that ascends in the second half. Who's going to be that guy on this defense. Um, both corners are playing really well. Um, safety wise, we've seen a little bit less of RJ Moten. Maybe we see some more Makari page down the stretch, but, you know, those pass rushers too. I mean, I, I think when I, I still believe when you played Ohio state on November 26th, that your two best pass rushers are going to be Yabioki and Derek Moore. That's those are the two most consistent guys I've seen when they've been able to get on the field. Uh, Jalen, Jalen Harrell has been very good as well. Mike Morris been the best player on the defense, but in general, there's, you hate to say there's not a lot of notes. I mean, there are always things you can improve on, but coming off of a game they had against Penn state and, just getting a chance to watch some more film and, and, you know, just take some mental reps this week, I think is, uh, is good for them. I don't know that there's, I think they are better than last year's defense top to bottom. You make a great point about the run defense with, there's no coincidence that the spike in the pass rush numbers have come along with that. I mean, what 17 rushing yards or something like that against Iowa 30 something against Indiana or vice versa. And then outside of a 62 yard run from Sean Clifford, which still you got to make that play, but it's one play it's, you know, then you're, you're looking at about 60 yards of rushing for Penn state. So that helps when you get done some of those third downs, um, pin your ears back, bring your pass rush package on the field guys like Yabioki. I will say I Mike Morris, I think has been, 
the best pass rusher as a whole. Yabi's done a great job. Derek Moore, I agree. Chris Freak is a word I've been thinking about with that kid too. You watch him. How is it? How is he a freshman? I mean, yeah. he's still got learning to do, but he is going to be a beast next season, the year after, and who knows after that. I mean, he has first round potential written all over him, but um, no, I think those are great points. Uh, moving on to the special teams, just real quick to throw out. Can't forget them. Number three in the country in special teams efficiency. And as Jay Harbaugh said last week on the radio, um, doing no harm is the number one goal. They really haven't done that. They had one field goal blocked, but they got it back, weirdly enough, on the next possession. And then there hasn't been any turnovers. Uh, you've had a shank punt or two from Brad Robbins. Doesn't seem to quite have the same, you know, I don't know, like the the force off of off of his foot this year, but he's still punting well. He's top five, I believe, in the country in uh, yards per punt. So he's doing a lot of good things. And A.J. Henning's been a good returner. But um, real quick, rapid fire before we move on to basketball. Someone had this question on the Fort, our premium message board over at thewolverine.com. Week nine in 2021 uh, versus week nine, which will be next weekend, in 2022, what's the Vegas spread? Who wins that game between Michigan 2021 and Michigan 2022? I'll, I'll start with saying I I think this team would be favored to win um, based on some of the stuff they're doing offensively, based on what the defense has shown lately. And if you remember week nine last year, the Michigan defense was still finding itself a little bit. That was the Michigan State game, which obviously it was a few plays there that they got beat up. But uh, even, you know, in some other games, you saw some bad quarters, bad drives, things like that. This Michigan defense has been a little more consistent. So I'd give this Michigan team the edge, which is saying a lot because we all know how far that team last year went. I had it as a push and, uh, you know, it's it's hard. It's really tough. How would Aiden Hutchinson do against these guys yeah. on the offensive line? And, you know, it, that's a, you know, it's all hypothetical, obviously, but it's really, uh, they're very similar teams, right? They're starting to bully teams up front. I think the center position, I think uh, they're better on offense with Olu Oluwatimi in there. I think he's mauling people. Um, and, and those guys are a little bit older now. So, uh, but that's a tough one. There's no question. And then of course you're going to have your faction that says, well, JJ versus Cade, blah, 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 blah. So, but, uh, right. (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, to me, it's a push. I, and, and I hate to compare teams just like Jim Harbaugh said, he hates to compare. I hate to compare him too. So I'm going to take it, uh, the easy way out and I'll say it's a push. It could go either way. Five and five if they played 10 times. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Probably, probably, you know, I I feel like I was sort of un, not under attack, but uh, I, I do would give this team the edge because of quarterback play. And also I do think the defense is top to bottom, like we said before, a little bit better, but uh, it's tough. I mean, that's, they're what, 19 and two, the last 21 games between the last two seasons. I mean, this is a, I don't want to say unprecedented stretch, but Michigan hasn't started seven and oh in back-to-back years since what was the stat? Uh, 75, 73, 74. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, that's we're going back almost 50 years here. So this is we'll see what happens next. Again, I'm going to be a little bit politically correct and recuse myself from the debate as Chris did. Um, through, I, week, I, or through week seven, though. I mean, it's only. Yeah. Yeah. I suspect that this team I suspect this team is better. Um, but man, don't don't we'll see what happens next. But we are somehow in a modern I'll stop sort of short of saying golden age, but this last this run the last year and a half, and we'll see what happens the rest of this year. This is this is special, and this is what the Georgias do, the Ohio States do, the Alabamas, the Clemsons have done. What you've done as a program these last two years is put you in that conversation, and that's 
that is so exciting. Uh, it's exciting to talk about. It's exciting to watch. And um, yeah, when you can start comparing two really great teams to each other and you, and we're sitting here saying, Oh, we think this year's team might have the edge, maybe have the edge over last year's big 10 title playoff team. That you're in a good spot folks. Yeah. Either way you're in a good spot. You know, you're right. Uh, obviously a hypothetical. hypothetical. It's fun. Yeah. It's hypothetical. It's the bye week. It is what it is. But I uh, thought, thought that was a good question. Something I kind of was thinking about even after I answered that, you know, I think the 2022 team would have an edge. Um, so let's talk basketball. We uh, got to talk to a lot of the players, just about everybody. Uh, all the assistant coaches and Juwan Howard took the podium for 35 minutes. Um, before we do that real quick, though, a little tease. Uh, let's talk about our friends at prize picks football is in full swing there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite team than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at prize picks prize picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games prize picks is the perfect game for you it is the best way to have action on the game in states like michigan kentucky alabama florida texas georgia over 70 percent of the United States. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and Canada, not Ontario. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go more or less than their Prize Picks projection. You can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. Uh, this week, a little mishmash. I got Aaron Rodgers going more than 22 or 223 and a half passing yards against the Washington Commanders. Terrible team. And Dorian Thompson Robinson, more than 265 and a half passing yards against Oregon. That's the UCLA quarterback there. Uh, Hutch, our producer, has Quinn Ewers, Texas quarterback, less than 275.5 passing yards, and Jordan Whittington, more than two and a half receptions, and I don't know who he plays for. That's my bad. But <laughs> uh, For me, uh, I've got Bryce Young over, I think it's 303.5 for – Alabama, if I'm not mistaken, it might be 330 even. I don't know. I think he's going to tear him up. So let's see there. What is it? 325.5. So I've got him going more than that. And now that I see uh, the Aaron Rodgers pick, Clay, that I haven't uh, seen before, I'm definitely going with the over on that okay. one too. I think that's a lock. So the yeah. commanders are awful. I mean, the Lions beat them. What, what more can you say? And Rodgers is – they're not playing well. I think he's going to come out with a vengeance. Exactly. Yep. yep. He usually does that. When when everybody says that, leaves him for dead, that's when right. he bounces back. A-A-Ron. Right. That's why I hate him. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to stick in college football this week for both my picks. Uh, staying in that uh, old Mi or Mississippi State-Alabama game, going more than 30.5 receiving yards for Alabama running, running back Jameer Gibbs, and then – LSU Ole Miss, I'm going more than five receptions for Kayshawn Butte because I wanted to say Butte on the air. So here we go. <laughs> Those are my picks this week. What's uh, what's the over-under on spontaneous Butte? That's one for Anthony. He'll get it. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get that one. <laughs> okay, South Park, look it up. I didn't just make it up. So, oh, that's right. right. I knew yeah. I heard it before. Yep. Um. Okay, so download the Prize Picks app or visit prizepicks.com. Sign up using the code Wolverine to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50. Don't forget that's the Prize Picks app or prizepicks.com and the code Wolverine to claim your bonus today and take the viewing of your team to the next level this season. Um, Michigan basketball. Media Day. 
takeaways. We are, I think, less than 20 days now until the season. Um, it's getting there. It's almost that overlap between football and basketball that is very fun, very busy, though. Uh, what was your guys' biggest takeaways from talking to a bunch of players, from talking to Juwan Howard, from talking to different assistant coaches last Friday? And, uh, you know, what do you feel about this team? I thought there were some telling quotes uh, from Hunter Dickinson and others about how this team is tighter. And it seemed like a couple of guys kind of had their eyes, you know, with, and, they, and they can, you know, nothing against them, but had their eyes on the NBA a little bit more than perhaps the current team's success. And not saying that they didn't care about the team, but, you know, they had bigger goals and they were kind of striving towards those. And maybe those were in the back of their minds or maybe too much in the forefront of their minds. So that was number one, number two, Doug McDaniel and the two guards you wrote about today, Clay or yesterday where you could play Jalen Llewellyn and Doug McDaniel together. Does that speak to Kobe Bufkin and that maybe, you know, what is, is he not as, you know, not coming along as, as quickly as they hoped. I've seen some really nice highlights of him and he seems to have that little bit of a swagger back. And remember this is a young kid. So if it doesn't click for him right away, then maybe it does, you know, next year but uh, or maybe later in the year. But I think Doug McDaniel has made quite an impression as well. And then the Howard boys, uh, Jet Howard and Jace Howard are Jawan Howard's greatest accomplishments. Uh, and he's look at the laundry list of things that, that Jawan Howard has accomplished in his life. Those are unbelievable kids. He and Janine have done a great job raising them uh, just down to earth, good kids. And I think they're going to really help the culture of this team. Yeah, I mean those those guys are are salt of the earth. When you would think maybe they wouldn't need, you know, wouldn't necessarily have to be. Their dad was an NBA player for, you know, whatever it was, twenty years, and coached in the league, and is the head coach at Michigan. I think when you look at the mentality of of this group and and the culture of this group, I think it's felt most it's felt most by speaking with both of those guys, and that I think that kind of permeates through everyone else. I think this is going to be a grittier team. I think it's going to be a team that's willing to not to say the last team, you know, there were times last year where that team had some fight in it, but um, you know, I, I think there is something to, I'll stop short of saying addition by subtraction, but it does feel like no one's really peeking down the road on this group with this group. Uh, you know, they are a bit, I won't, I think they're properly pop the uh, properly rated right now. I think Ken Palm has them at 26. I think the AP had them at what, 22, 23, something like that. So it feels like they're properly rated, but this is still a team that feels like it has a chance to compete for a Big Ten title and compete for a national title. Um, it starts with defense. I mean, that's something that every coach we've spoken to has. That is a huge point of emphasis. They were just not nearly as good as they needed to be there um, in a lot of ways last year. But yeah, I, I like just in spending some time with the guys that were in Minneapolis and then uh, getting to talk to pretty much everyone on the roster on Friday. I mean, this, I like that this group has a little bit of an edge to it. Uh, Juwan says their outside shooting is going to be better. Uh, Ju- uh, the defense we hope will be better. If that happens, I mean, yeah, they're, they're going to have a shot. I know everyone's kind of labeling Indiana, the team to beat just like Michigan was last year, but you have to play the games and that's an Indiana program that at times has kind of fallen short of expectations too. So yeah, in any other big 10, I think I would, maybe have this as like a team that pushes for the fifth or sixth spot in the conference. It's a lot more wide open this year. And I think they do have a shot to win it. Yeah. I think Indiana's kind of the favorite by default, just because they yeah. return a decent amount point guard center. I mean, that that's big um, in a big 10 and really a roster that has a lot of uncertainty on it though. 
if you're Michigan, you have to feel you know good about having about the most certain thing in the entire league, which is Hunter Dickinson. I mean, you start there with him. He's going to be a guy that I feel like we're going to talk about everything around him so much because it's the most important thing, but he may get forgotten about a little bit with just how productive he's going to be and, and such a beast that he's going to be. But it starts there. Chris, you took the words out of my, my mouth with a few of those. With I'm, I'm buying the Doug McDaniel hype, and Anthony and I were, were standing on the uh, court taking video of you know some of the practice we got to see, and they actually ran a drill this time. We were joking before, like, oh, it's just going to be passing drills. They ran a ball screen read drill. And some of those were really impressive. I know it's against, you know, weak defense. They had managers kind of putting a hand up or like going <laughs> a certain way to make a guy, you know, read it a certain way. But uh, some of his passes were good. Xavier Simpson-esque. And Xavier Simpson was uh, was there as well watching. So I thought that was interesting. I'm buying that. But you're right. Does that mean with playing those two point guards together potentially? And we don't know how much they'll do it. We'll see. Um, what does that mean about Kobe Bufkin? Does that just mean that there's not a ton of depth behind Kobe Bufkin, which I think is a huge possibility as well. And it could mean that Kobe has gotten a lot better and is capable, but we don't know. Um, defense is very intriguing to me because you lose your best defensive player, yet you kind of can't get much worse defensively in terms of how this program, the standards they have. Um, and I think they're a little more flexible with what they can do with having uh, you know, some more mobile guys on the floor. Um, shooting, we think that can be better. Juwan Howard said we'll be a better shooting team. Howard Isley said hesitantly, I think we'll be a better shooting team. Um, but you do have guys like Jet Howard, guys like Joey Baker who can knock down shots, Terrence Williams. But Hunter Dickinson is the leading returner on this team in three-point makes, which is amazing. Um, so that's that's something to watch too. And I think he's gotten better from three. But um, decent amount to like about this team and so much to question about this team, which is going to make the beginning of the year, I think, really intriguing. They play a tough non-conference schedule, which you know could be good or bad. We'll see. Um, and it's, it's getting there fellas with, with this, uh, season coming close, anything else on basketball that, uh, that you're thinking about with a couple weeks until the, the exhibition game. Let's just get to it, man. I'm excited. So yeah. let's get to our picks. Sounds good. Let's pick some college football for this weekend. Michigan, obviously off, uh, but we will start the segment off with Minnesota at Penn state, wow. Penn state, a four point favorite at home. Over under 44 and a half. Really interesting coming off that loss. If you're Penn State, you know, they're talking about a read, reading stuff on the Penn State site about an identity crisis, stuff like that. I don't think, you know, losing to Michigan is really the worst thing in the world for, you know, you were coming in, you were not expecting to win that game. If you're looking from the outside, obviously the program was. Minnesota's a good team, though. They're going to give them a fight, but I do have Penn State bouncing back covering that spot there. In the whiteout, right, at night. So yep. I, I definitely believe that as well. I think the environment uh, plays a huge factor in that game. So Minnesota, it's weird, isn't it? We all had them pegged after the first few weeks. They're going to win the West. And now, what are they, a game out or something behind Purdue and Illinois? It's what a weird what a weird conference. And Wisconsin, by the way, is dead last in probably the worst division. There's the row the boat guy. <laughs> Wisconsin is dead last in, in the worst one of the worst divisions in football. So what does that tell you about the Badgers? And uh, but I like Penn State in that one. Yeah, I think I think the Penn State identity crisis is probably are we a grape jelly team or are we a strawberry jelly team on our peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? So um, it's going over a lot of heads. That's nah, all right. Yeah, uh, that's that's typically my humor. So um, I'm going to go with Penn State. I'm not confident about it. I, I think that was the type of game that sort of breaks you midway through the season. Uh, we've seen a lot of these recent Penn State teams 
finish poorly. Uh, they were 11 and 11 in the last 22 games under James Franklin coming into this year, but I'll go with Penn state, but I'm not confident about it and I wouldn't bet it. And just the story there is that Penn state during that halftime skirmish was throwing some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at Michigan. RJ Moten got hit in the face with one. Um, you know, James Franklin talks about changes to the Michigan tunnel and stuff like that. Maybe uh, some reprimand, you know, for that. But uh, that's that's the story there. Um, that will be an interesting one. Probably the game I'm most looking forward to this weekend. Uh, another one up there, Iowa at Ohio State. Ohio State 30-point favorites at home over under 49 and a half. I don't know. That's a lot of points. Iowa still has a good defense. I'm going to take Iowa, but I do think Ohio State's going to roll. And I do think Ohio State is going to make that Iowa defense look not as good as it is because that's what an elite offense does. I agree. I think that's a lot of points. So I'll take Iowa with the points. I think it's, what, 30 and a half now, Clay? Did it get up to a 30 and a half? I I think so. Yeah, either way, I think they're going to stay within that 30 points. And, uh, you know, what? because they're going to grind it out, too, a little bit. And um, I don't think you're going to see a lot of deep shots and, and home run plays from Ohio State. I think they'll move the ball methodically. Uh, but that is, man, that's a lot of points. At the same time, Iowa's offense is so bad. Right. right? It could be 49 like, three. It could be. And they could, like, they could, like, punt every time. And then, you know what, even if Ohio State scored on half their possessions, they scored 40-something points. So we'll see. I don't like this one either, but I'm going with Ohio State just because I feel like in that environment, good off. We've said this before. I feel like an elite offense will always beat an elite defense, and they just can't. They Iowa can't score. Uh, it might be 31 nothing, but I think that Ohio State wins this one and, and does so big. Switch my pick to Ohio State. <laughs> I'm picturing 42 3 or something like <laughs> that. Yeah, you can do that. That's um, fine. Purdue at Wisconsin is our next game. Wisconsin, two and a half point favorite over under 51. Give me Wisconsin's Purdue. Fa- Wisconsin's favorite in that game? I know. At Camp Randall, but still. Give me Purdue. Wow. They're still contending. Wisconsin, yeah. again, I said it earlier, but I think we might have been fooled by the one game under Jim Leonard where they came back and won um, or yeah. you know, come off of firing Paul Chris and winning that game. I'm going to take Purdue. Yeah, I agree. I, I can't believe Wisconsin's favorite in that game. They're terrible. So, and Purdue's, I think, going to throw all over them. So, I'll go with Purdue. I'll go with Purdue. I mean, for people watching the video edition, just the disgust on my face right now at, at that, just gross. Nope. I'll go with Purdue. Big Ten West is terrible. Good God. Awful. I know. It's funny. Their matchups always look decent on paper, though, because the lines are so close because no one knows what the hell is going to happen. Right, but, right. Um, so it's at least interesting in that way. Uh, last thing, only top 10 game on the schedule, UCLA at Oregon. UCLA quietly undefeated, although they needed help to get past South Alabama. They won by one point. They have won games really close this year. Oregon's a six-point favorite at home over under 72. Um, UCLA has the better quarterback, a Heisman contender in Dorian Thompson-Robinson, but I think Oregon is getting overlooked week by week a little bit after they got killed by Georgia. No stock in that game anymore for me. It's at home. I'll take Oregon to win by a touchdown or more. I think uh, UCLA is going to win that game. I do. I think uh, Zach Charbonnet is going to have a big day. It's going to be a high-scoring affair because they don't play yes. defense in the Pac-12, right? So, but I do like uh, I do like UCLA to win. Wow, that over/under when you see it on the screen, right? Seventy-two. That's insane. Um, yep. I'm going to go with UCLA. I'm going with the Big Ten here. So, 
going with the Big Ten in the, the matchup. So, future Big Ten. Future yeah. Big Ten. That's the only crime is that over under 72. Beautiful. Going to be fun. It's at 3.30. should be at 10.30 p.m. Give me that right? late night game. But it's, uh, it's a 3.30 game. So decent slate of football this weekend. Enjoy it, everybody. Uh, enjoy the off week and get ready for that stretch run. Rest up a little bit and uh, make sure to follow all of our coverage at thewolverine.com. We're still rolling over there. $10 until next football season is the deal. So take advantage of that right now. It's not going to last forever. Subscribe to the channel, hit a like on the video, and we will see everyone next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.